Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HBR Minute HCI podcast episode, I explore the recent HBR video, How to Get Through the Workday When the News is Terrible. Welcome back to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. It's great to be with you again today for this HBR Minute HCI podcast episode. Today I'll be exploring the recent HBR video, How to Get Through the Workday When News is Terrible. 2020 was a rough year, and the start of 2021 doesn't feel like it's getting any easier. So how do you stay focused at work? In this HBR video, they talk with... Dr. Angela Neal Barnett, a professor at Kent University and the director of the Program for Research on on Anxiety Disorders among African Americans. She shared her advice on how we can stay focused at work when the news is painful to watch and being recirculated all around us. She also shared her thoughts on how events like what happened in Washington, D.C. in January of this year can affect the black and brown communities and what we can do about it. Here are some ways to help you stay focused. When you leave work, you have to leave work. Close the door, put away your laptop, and truly log off. You have to create that balance. Manage the time you're spending with technology, and if at all possible, unplug. And remember that people cannot read your mind. If your coworkers are distracting you, politely tell them you're busy and we'll catch up with them later. I hope you enjoy this episode with me. I will be exploring her comments in relation to this topic in little clips and bite-sized chunks, adding in my own thoughts and commentary along the way. Thanks for joining me, and I'll catch you on the flip side of this first clip. 2020 was a rough year, and the start of 2021 doesn't feel like it's getting any easier. So how do you stay focused at work? Dr. Angela Neal Barnett, a professor at Kent University. She's also the director of the Program for Research on Anxiety Disorders Among African Americans, also known as PRADA. I wanted to ask for her advice of how we can stay focused at work and how events like what happened in D.C. can affect the black and brown community and what we can do about it. First of all, Ms. Angela, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to meet with me and talk to me about this because I think it's very timely and important to talk about. I want to first ask you, how are you feeling? Uh, You know, I had an aunt who who, uh, was from the deep south 
And every time you would ask her how she was doing, she would rear back her head and say, child, <laughs> doing poorly. Uh, and we used to laugh and laugh and laugh about that. Uh, but now I think I know exactly what Aunt Pooh was talking about. So I would say very honestly that I have good days and I have bad days right now. One way that I've been able to cope is social media. It's a way for me to connect with other people, laugh at memes, and for just a few moments, forget about the horrible things that are happening outside of my four walls. But social media is also a double-edged sword. It's very easy to be caught up in the other uglier side. That comes with trolls, awful comments, and resurfacing videos that are incredibly triggering that also bring more trolls and more nasty comments. And none of this stops just because I'm at work. It's actually the opposite. So one challenge I have is that my job is all about social media. Like I have to be on, and a lot of other jobs are evolving to be that way too. Mm -hmm. how, can, how can I and others find the balance between one, doing our job and by still maintaining to be on, but still stepping back and taking a breather? Because sometimes we can't unplug. We have to have our, our phones or our computers on. When you leave work, you have to leave work yeah. at work. So if, you know, if your office is the bedroom or if the office is the rec room or the office in the basement, then when you close the door of the office and go up the stairs, you have to leave work behind. There's no doubt that this has been a rough year for everybody. No question about it. But... As mentioned in this first clip, it has been a particularly hard year for black and brown individuals in the United States. With Black Lives Matter, uh, the George Floyd moment, uh, and we could list on and on and on all of the things that have happened this year and the protests and such, it has been a really hard time. And uh, add on to it the, the raiding of the Capitol on January 6th, as we got into the new year, uh, it was not a great way to start the year. And there were a lot of racial undertones, and perhaps even overtones, to um, the handling of that situation in comparison to how the protests, the Black Lives Matter uh, protests, were handled in the summer. And so there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, and as a as a white dude, you know, I don't want to overstep my bounds, you know, in trying to talk about what people in the um, black community uh, are feeling or, or individuals who uh, are from those, uh, those populations. But I think it's worth noting that it is absolutely different for me in comparison to them in what I experienced. A lot of the events, like the insurrection in DC, happen between nine to five, which means we're at work, stuck to our computers, surrounded by technology, where we're able to see updates and developments that are continuously being recirculated on our feeds and social media and in the news over and over and over again. Is that not distracting? So how do you communicate with your coworkers or your managers 
they may be involved and invested in this, but you're not. How do you tell them, hey, I need a break? Some people just walk away and then people misinterpret what they've done. And I think it's really important to remember that people cannot read your minds. Mm -hmm. It's so important to say, say, you know, right now, right now, I can't talk about this. And if, he, if you're still uncomfortable saying that, then you can say something like, oh, I have some work that people are expecting in the next hour, uh, but I'll catch up with you at lunch or at break or whatever. But you have to be able to say what you are feeling. This is your life. This is your mental health. And it is okay to say, I cannot talk about this right now. What happened on January 6th is hard not to talk about, especially if you're black or brown, where a lot of these events affect us a little bit differently. I couldn't help but notice a drastic difference of how people that participated that day were treated incredibly different than those that went to DC last summer for the Black Lives Matter March. It just feels like we're in this space all over again, trying to explain how we feel. In this moment, how can we continue to take care of ourselves? Because it feels like we have to do that every couple of months. There are two Americas, and that's that added layer, which has a, impact on our mental health. Self-care alone is not going to allow us uh, to protect our mental health in, in the ways that it needs to be protected, given the relentless onslaught of systemic racism that we face so that the care has to be also woven throughout our workplaces. So as I'm looking at social media, uh, as, these, as these events are unfolding, as I see hate speech, as I see horrible uh, memes or videos or, or posts across different platforms, it's, it's angering, it's frustrating, it's saddening. But amidst all of that, I never feel like I, myself, or my family are threatened. Perhaps that's just one of probably many ways that my experience is very different than those uh, from the, from the African-American community. So what does this all mean, though, in the workplace? As they're describing in this first clip, we, we're interconnected constantly. And we can't turn it off. So just because I'm at work doesn't mean I don't know or hear about these events that are occurring. And in fact, many jobs require us to be plugged in and tracking the news directly, actively, constantly. And so if I'm at work and these things happen, how do I, how do I deal with it? How do I continue to be productive and not distracted while also being true to my authentic self and allowing myself to feel the very real emotions that I might be feeling. How can I, as a, as a white person, be an ally for those who may be struggling in ways that I can't fully understand? 
how can I be supportive of them and make sure that I'm at, at a minimum not causing harm, additional harm and pain to them, but hopefully actually being a true ally and, and helping them and supporting them and, and uh, uplifting them. These are the types of questions I have as I was watching uh, this video and as I was re-listening to this first clip. And I would encourage you to consider some of these same questions. Ultimately, we can't control what happens in the world around us. We, to some extent, can control what our reaction to those events will be. But first and foremost, I think we have to be able to just be there for each other, to be real and vulnerable with each other, and to allow people space to deal with what they're dealing with, particularly when these really hard events, these, these hard issues continue to take hold. I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, the Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership, Ordinary Everyday Actions That Produce Extraordinary Results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. What if we are in a predominantly white workspace? Mm -hmm. yeah. Because it's very scary. It's very scary for for non-black, non-brown people to hear us say we need our own space. Because is that racist? Is that going is that going to alienate people, etc.? And the fact is, is that the questions and the experiences of non-black brown people are not the experiences of black, brown people were not asking or saying the same thing. The impact on us is different. Right now, we need our own space. And in giving us our own space, that means that down the road, we can come together with people who do not look like us. How can we stay focused while at work? In this sense, we have to be organized. We can actually use our phones, our, our, our tablets, all those kinds of things. But we have to manage the time that we spend on it. And if at all possible, we have to unplug. But it's not a big ask to say, okay, to turn it off during the lunch hour or to 
turn it off during the morning. Um, but we know 24 seven with your phone in hand, no matter what you do, is just not going to be good for your mental health. I, this feels like something I have to continuously practice because this isn't the first time that something like this is going to happen or something major. It doesn't even have to be political but something big that can blow up on social media that can take my attention away from my, what my main focus is. It is Gladwell who says, if you're gonna become an expert in anything, you need 10,000 hours, right? Uh, so, you know, 10,000 hours of practicing, okay? Being in this kind of environment and yet protecting my spirit. I have to, before I do, uh, a, a Zoom call, or even this interview, I have to put myself in the right mindset. So I have a theme song that I listen to. That song then puts me in the right frame of mind, or in, or, and it soothes me enough so that I can do the meeting, or I can do the interview, or I'm clear in my purpose of what I'm doing in that hour or in that half hour. So what's your favorite song? What's the song? Oh, right now it's, uh, it's Aretha Franklin, and it's her version, her live version of Amazing Grace. I love is, it. Oh, I'm, I do too, I do too, because you know it takes her a minute to say amazing. So, uh... <laughs> As I think about what I can do or what I shouldn't do, uh, I, I really appreciate the advice here uh, that we need to give people space. We need to give them their own space to process these types of events in the way that they need to. And sometimes that means they need to be able to talk. They need to be able to voice their concerns and frustrations and fears. But at other times, they don't want to talk about it. Uh, they, they just need space to process. And they need to know that you aren't like that, that you are someone who, who supports them, who cares for them genuinely, sincerely, and that you will be there for them. I think this is not that much different than how you would treat any other meaningful relationships that you have in your life. Uh, you don't rush in trying to fix everything for somebody because most people don't like that, but you have to be willing to sit with them patiently, to listen to them thoroughly, and, and just allow them to sit with their own emotions and their feelings. It, it is different. It's different for me than it is for individuals in the black and brown communities. No question about it. It's different for me than people in the Asian community. Uh, some of the recent shootings and, and things of that nature. Um, I can try to sympathize with them. I can try to empathize with them. And to some extent, I, I can relate but in many ways, I just can't. And I don't need to pretend to be something I'm not. I, I just need to be supportive and be willing to sit with them. And if they need the space, I need to let them know that I'll be there for them and they can go and do what they need to do. Ultimately, I think that's, that's the number one thing I need to do and I, that I can do as an ally and as a, someone who wants to be supportive and bringing it back to the workplace and bringing it back to specifically how I engage with 
social media and other news outlets and information that comes at me during the workday, I need to just remember that it's okay for me to turn it off. It's okay for me to step away. Uh, it's, it's okay for me to not engage. I can choose to not do that. Um, and, and anyone else can as well. Ultimately, we need to prioritize our own well-being, our own mental health, and practice self-care. That requires us to, to know ourselves well enough, uh, to know when we're going to be triggered, to, to, to recognize the early stages of anxiety and, and, and the stress that comes with these types of moments so that we can proactively try to respond to them in a healthy way. So here are the takeaways before you start searching for your theme song. Number one, focusing at work is hard, but doable. Make sure you give yourself time away from your desk. Go for a walk, turn off notifications, and remember, it is okay and incredibly important for you to tell your coworkers or your managers that you're not doing so well and that you need a break. Number two, the impact of certain events is different, if not heavier for black and brown people. So it's important that while at work, we take the agency and ask for the space that we need in order for us to heal. Number three, as much as this is about focusing at work, it's also important that we leave work at work. When the workday is over, shut off your computers, turn off your notifications, and shut your screens. Now excuse me while I find a Bad Bunny song to listen to before my next meeting. I appreciate these takeaways. I think they're very wise. I think we all should learn to practice these as much as we can. And, and frankly, these are all um, excellent takeaways for any time, not just in a time of social unrest or strife or uh, the, the challenges that we've faced over this past year. I think uh, those tips uh, are absolutely the types of things we should be doing on an ongoing basis. We need to take breaks, we need to disconnect, we need to unplug when possible, we need to walk away, be willing to leave work at work and focus on our home and our family and our friends when we're away from work and, and practice you know, a better work-life balance or whatever term you prefer to use. And, and ultimately, we need to just be committed to taking care of ourselves. Uh, there's, there's, there's no quick fix to this. Uh, the, the problems in the world are many, and they're complex, and it's messy. And as much, you know, I, I, I do a lot of work in the space of social impact. And, you know, as, as much as I try to stay hopeful and optimistic, and I try to remember all the good things and, and, and focus on what I can do with my limited sphere of influence to, to impact and positively uh, support and help those around me, there, it, it's still just true that th there's a limit to what I can do. And, and the world is just messy. It, it's okay. It's okay to acknowledge that. It's okay to sit with that. It's okay to have good days and bad days. It's okay to at times feel overwhelmed and frustrated and angry even. But ultimately, as we take care of ourselves, we'll be in a better position to continue the good work, the hard work of fighting for social change, uh, fighting for meaningful changes within the workplace, breaking down the systems and the barriers and the structural inequities that exist both in society and in the workplace. 
if we can consist be consistent about how we approach that ultimately things will change i'm confident in that though often it won't go as quickly as we would hope and there will be frustrations along the way things will change i want all of my colleagues out there anyone listening to this uh, podcast to know that I'm there for you. I, I want to be supportive of you and I'll do everything I can to help you. And when I mess up, if I say something wrong or if I uh, make a misstep, please know that I am trying and, and I want to do right by you and I want to be helpful to you. Please help me know how I can help you. I hope you enjoyed this video. Uh, I, I think uh, it's a very important message. Uh, I really appreciated reflecting on it myself, and I encourage you to also consider these points and consider what you can do moving into the future. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. As always, I hope you stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day, and I hope you have a great week. We are excited about the launch of HCI's new magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine designed to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We will be publishing issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Check out the first issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.